Live on the Mule Sports Network, it's Muhlenberg Boys Basketball. Brought to you by MikeDragoSports.com, the best high school sports coverage in Burks, the new Birdies Inn at 160 Old Friedensburg Road in Exeter, and Lancaster Full Service Painted. Now to the broadcast booth, here are your announcers, Ryan Lineweaver and Chris Ziner. Jerry, Jerry opting to go the boring route this afternoon. I can't hear myself again. Oh, no. <laughs> Why has this always become an issue? I don't know. I can hear you. I can't hear me. Uh, let's see. Uh... That's fine. I'm just going to keep going because we're professionals, and we'll figure it out on a break here that we'll take at some point in time. I don't think that's quite it either. but I mean, I had to turn you up regardless. So. Yeah, that's, this is true. But uh, Muhlenberg playing Easton here in a very clearly non-league matchup. Um, yes. Easton, believe it or not, not in Berks County. I don't know if you know this. Little known fact. What a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they come in. They had a rough season last year, doing a bit better this year. I believe that you said that they are 2-3 and three entering today's contest. 1-0 uh, oh in conference play. They are led by a handful of players, including Ryan Cornish, who is a senior. He is leading the way uh, with 49 total points. He's played in four contests, uh, and he is the man to stop when you're looking at Easton here. And uh, they have a handful of other players as well uh, who are right in the thick of things. Uh, Algie Macon will be right in there. Uh, Andrew Hoadley, also a senior. Adana, Adonis uh, Pompilus has 25 points this season as well. So, you know, those guys will likely shoulder a lot of the load. And, of course, uh, also have to throw in somebody like Lafayette Acree. Uh, he has 24 points as well this season. So, I mean, those are roughly the guys to look at for Easton. And, again, not an awful lot that we can say because not everyone's as cool as Berks County having uh, Mike Drago's sports and, uh, you know, a handful of, other places that you can go and find high school basketball stuff. But anything else that I missed really on uh, on Easton here coming in besides uh, two wins last year? They've already met that total? Um, Not a lot. I mean, the last two meetings between Muhlenberg, they didn't, it didn't go their way. Uh, the meeting was in 2021 was – it was a eight-point game. Uh, Muhlenberg won 59-51. But last year, Muhlenberg came out shooting 68-38. to And, I mean, this team – like we've seen before, records can be deceiving, especially with Hemfield when they came in. They had a losing record, but they put on the pressure on uh, Muhlenberg. And here, Lebanon comes in here 2-3. and three. Uh, Other sites say 2-4. and four. I didn't see the last game, so I wouldn't know. But uh, they were going on a run. Their first two games of the season, they won, and then they ran into Wilson. And Wilson just put the scoring on them. So you can see something out of this Easton squad, but... Let, we can see how Muhlenberg puts the pressure on. Uh, they are coming off a huge uh, league conference victory over Governor Mifflin uh, two days ago. So it's going to be interesting to see how those mules are able to bring it back after that huge game win. Easton has played a familiar opponent in Wilson, and we know that because it says Wilson West Lawn. So could only be one school, and that would be the uh, one that we all know and love, the Bulldogs of West Lawn, and yeah, they were trounced 75-34 uh, 
Uh, Ryan Cornish had 14 in that one for Easton. They don't have anything for Wilson on the uh, LehighValleyLive.com version, but Wilson did go up by 11 after one. They were up by 16 at the break and then put it away in the third quarter, outscoring Easton 24-6. to And the slow starts have been an issue here for Muhlenberg, but not the case just two nights ago as uh, they ended up going in and stomping out Governor Mifflin on the road by 14, a 58-44 victory. Shermar Killens with 16 points. Alex Collado with a dozen. Improved the Mules to 4-2, and 1-0. Kicking off their uh, their Burks 1 slate against Governor Mifflin. But yeah, they uh, led by 3 at the end of the first quarter. It was kind of the opposite of what happened uh, the previous contest that we had here on Jerry Gallup Media and the Mule Sports Network where Muhlenberg struggled in the first and fourth and lit it up a little bit more in the second and third. This one led by three. They were down by one at the half, but then came out after halftime, worked up a five-point margin after three, and then tacked on nine more in that 14-point victory. Again, outside of that, uh, Jaden Cantor with nine points, Kyle Archie with four, LeClaire with five, Mikey Miller with seven. Uh, Hemming with two and Zabala with three. And they will allow some shooting. Matt Kohler put up 21 on him. He hit five of Governor Mifflin's six three-pointers. So certainly a point of contention here for the Mules going forward is stopping the three-point shooting. Uh, They currently are among the Burks leaders in three-pointers allowed. So uh, I don't think that you have terribly much to worry about here with Easton. They haven't shown a propensity in the early season Uh, to shoot the three-pointer, but as we saw in the JV game, their JV team was throwing it up from beyond, and we'll see if the uh, varsity team does the same here this evening. Uh, This afternoon, I should say. It's 1.30. Exactly. Uh, But, I mean, it's going to be an interesting game, like you said. We're going to see Muhlenberg going to have to change to see if they can close out because, like you said, the JV can show some a bit of the varsity squad from shooting that ball, and it's going to be nice to see how they close out. Just about to get underway here this afternoon. Got it right this time. Say read off all of the uh, things that you can and cannot do while cheering and supporting your team. Just about to get underway. A fresh eight minutes up on the board. And the national anthem just about upcoming here. Usual PIAA read over here. Yeah. I mean, they got to know the rules. Got to know the rules. Shouldn't need to be told to not yell at a 16-year-old, but... I mean, yeah.
about to get underway here but before we do that let's hop to a quick commercial so show some love to sponsors and be right back for opening tip here at Muhlenberg High School more to come on the Mule Sports Network your entertainment spot in Exeter. There's something every day of the week. Dancing to the Oldies on Monday, Open Mic Tuesday, Trivia or Live Music on Wednesday, Thursday is Karaoke with Angie, and Live Music Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Entertainment galore, great food, and the friendliest people in Berks County. The new Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road in Exeter. It's the inn thing to do. Check Birdies' Facebook page for the full entertainment schedule. You're listening to Ryan and Chris on the Mule Sports Network. Back here for starting lineups. For Easton wearing their road reds with the white numbers. Black trim all the way around. It'll be Ryan Cornish, Marquise Acree, Algie Macon, Andrew Hoadley, and Lafayette Acree. Let me tell you, favorite names that I've ever announced on a basketball program because somebody knows their, uh, like, French-American history. <laughs> you got... Basically, Marquise and Lafayette, uh, both well-known Frenchies. When it came to, like, the French-American War, Marquise de Sade, you got, uh, you know, Lafayette. That's really cool. Uh, I'm sorry. Somebody knows their history. <laughs> anyway, for <laughs> Muhlenberg, it'll be the usual suspects. Cantner, Archie, Miller, Killens, and C Alex Collado, your starting five. They'll, of course, be in their home white jerseys, blue numbers, blue and yellow trim. It'll be the senior, six foot four Archie, going up against Hoadley in the middle. Archie ends up winning it after he already landed, able to tip back to Collado, and we're underway. Miller up top to Cantner. It's intercepted back the other way. Is Ryan Cornish getting the first bucket of the contest? It's 2 nothing in favor of the visitors. Archie looking down low for Collado. He'll pass it up top to Miller. Miller thinking step back. And will look down low. Looking for Kantner. Kantner dribbles left. Passes out. Stops. Pops. Collado in and out. They're moving the ball early, which is a plus. And we're going to have a traveling violation as Marquise Acree trips over his own feet and goes skidding across the hardwood. Turnover for Easton. The Mules look like they need to wake up a little bit. It looks like they're a little slow. Like you said, those slow starts they've been plagued with from time to time. It's just now you got to start getting it hooked up a little bit. And, I mean, it's still the first minute, so I'm just rattling on. Bad pass there by Archie out of the way of Kantner. Picked up by Cornish. Cornish firing up a triple. And then he's got some words for the Muhlenberg student section. It's 5 nothing Easton. <laughs> 
Stopping, popping, Miller, that one hangs on the rim. Unfinished business for him in the paint. Rebound to Lafayette, Acree. He'll bring it across midcourt by himself, taking on Kantner. 5-0 in the first minute and a half here. Ball in the hands of Ryan Cornish. Leading scorer for the Bulldogs. Looking to break down Kantner. Dribbles out, passes into the left corner. Trying to find some space is Algie Macon. And too many steps for him. It'll belong to the Mules. I mean, that's a tough play. He got himself trapped in the corner with a pass. I mean, you try to make something out of it, and he just takes too many steps. Sorry, the Red Rover. The mascot as Killens gets to the first bucket here for the Mules. Easton across midcourt. Just finding out that Muhlenberg's internet blocks Wikipedia. Ah. So that's fun. <laughs> We're going to have a foul here on the floor as an entry pass to Hoadley. Goes astray, but Mikey Miller called for the personal. That'll be his first, team's first. Comes with 531 left here in the first quarter. Coming out there running that 2-3 defense. They run those two up top, two on the wing, I should say, and then one baseline, two on the corners. I mean, we'll see how they – we've seen this before of their zones being a little lackluster, but it's not bad so far. And we're going to have a five-second violation against the Red Rovers. And if I don't remember that, I'm going to have to write it down. <laughs> Mascot is a Bulldog, but they go by the Red Rovers. Ah, Archie around the paint, finds a cutting Kantner, unable to finish with the right. And we're going to have a kickball here on Kantner as he raises that left leg and gets in the way of a bounce pass. Stops the clock with 5-12 left in the first. Oh, and then inbound pass. Couldn't have planned that any better right to Kyle Archie. <laughs> Wow. That was a mistake. Cornish zigged when he should have zagged, and a pass went right to Archie, who trims the gap. And an offensive foul called on Algie Macon as he stood in the way of Kyle Archie and, well, roll out the red carpet. Archie sold that one pretty well. That was Shamar Killens. Or it was Killens, sorry. Killens sold that one pretty well. He did. He did. I saw it. And it was the full head flung back. Arms up. Arms up. And gets a foul. It's like what the Eagles needed to do to get a holding call in their last game against Dallas. <laughs> Killens driving right baseline, stuck, tries to pass out of a double team, unable to do so. It's swiped away by Lafayette, Acree. Crowd trying to call for an over and back, but he was not fully across midcourt. Goes in with the left hand, and he ends up hitting the deck as Alex Collado with the hard foul. His first team second, it will send Lafayette Acree to the line shooting two. The defense is okay right now. I mean, like I said a little bit earlier, they look like they're waking up. 
Um, they look a little lackluster right now. Uh, hopefully they'll be able to pull together a little bit more and get that energy that we know the mules are known for, getting that energy, getting that fast pace pressure. Um, but right now we're not seeing the mules that we usually see coming off, Ryan. Sorry, uh, Marquis de Lafayette was in the American Revolutionary War, not the French-American War. Yeah, come on, Ryan. <laughs> you should know this. Listen, Lafayette hits both at the line. That one swiped away by Cornish on Kantner. Cornish, another three. That one in and out. Ball up in the air. Killens grabs the board. I believe that we're going to have a foul here on Easton as it will be Algie Macon picking up his second and he'll need to take a seat. Grimmer will check in for him. Jack Grimmer, a senior small forward. Martez and LeClaire will also be checking in. Well, they're trying to get it into Kantner and once again loses the handle. Ball tipped out by Cornish. It will stay with the Mules. Struggling to work against this full court pressure. Now he's asking for LeClaire for help and we're gonna have a timeout taken by Matt Flowers before five seconds hits. We'll see if it's a 30 or a full. It is a 30 so we will stay right here. Seven to four in favor of the Red Rovers with 422 left here in the first. And yeah, I mean, we talk about slow starts and you know, that's been kind of a bugaboo in the games that they have fallen in uh, just the don't have the capacity to get started and get rolling immediately yeah and then we'll usually see in that first quarter world they'll go down a little bit and then they'll pick it back up at the second and third like you said earlier and in that fourth they'll bring it back down they need to somehow figure out how to keep that consistency but also keeping that efficiency hey coach Matt Flowers down there keeping things relatively brief but effective just shouting out single words at his team if you can't remember that. <laughs> Not long-winded. Let's put it that way. Oh, yeah. Again, three-point deficit here for the Mules. Miller looking for help. Finally gets it into Killens. Killens will bring it up himself, looking to break down a Cree. They'll work it over. Marte into the game for the first time as well. Miller driving to his left, pulls up on the left elbow. That one hits front iron. Back comes Easton. Fancily dribbling here from Ryan Cornish, able to break down and an offensive foul on him as Kantner gets his revenge. Just waiting, waiting, waiting under that basket for a crashing Cornish to be called for the offensive foul. Uh, I don't know what to say much here. I mean, I think I keep saying the same thing, but that's what I keep seeing from everything that's coming through it. They get it into Kantner. Kantner nearly has it poked away from behind. They have identified him as a weak spot. Cornish strips it. Cornish onto the deck, gets it. Ball still loose. Now finally, Kantner picks it back up. And Kantner called for a travel. Kantner needs to be pulled away as looks like him and Lafayette agree. Decided to exchange some glares. Things were supposedly chippy in the ninth grade game. They were chippy in the JV game that we had seen. There were a lot of parents down beneath us yelling at referees. 
an Easton player needed to be teed up at one point in time, and now the referee's needing to talk to the coaching staff. We were wondering pregame if things were going to get equally as chippy here. And... And we have a violation here called on Zabala, who is also in the contest. Zabala needs to give at least a little bit of space. He can't be right on top of that sideline. Mm -hmm. Might have accidentally made contact with the Easton player on the sideline. They finally inbound it. Back to man-to-man defense here for the Mules. A little dribble handoff to Cornish. Cornish, good switch there for the Mules. Having Mikey Miller now covering him. Ball loose in the paint, poked away. Killen's nearly coming away with it. And Lafayette Cree going to be called for the loose ball foul. So for Easton, that is their fourth foul now, coming with 3.08 left to play. Again, just four points here for the Mules. It stayed 7-4. Not an awful lot to chit-chat about here yeah. in the opening five minutes. Killen's getting a good stop there by Marte. Now to Miller in the far corner. Miller trying to break down Cornish, unable to do so. Up to Killens. Killens driving in. Nice scoop layup by him. His second bucket for four. Killens has just learned how to be aggressive here, and it's really worked out in his favor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, especially through the past two games, both 16-pointers uh, at the end of the each game, both career highs tying it. I mean, he's been doing phenomenal lately. Killens kind of sneaky. There's once again a violation here by Easton. Stepping on the line, it will belong to Muhlenberg. Bad turnover there. Yeah, Killens... Does some of his stuff quietly. You don't quite expect it. He only had one point against Mannheim Township. Blew up for 14 against Central Dolphin to set a new career high. Had 13 against Williamsport two games later. 16 against Hempfield and 16 against Mifflin as a traveling violation on the Mules. Turns it over again. Archie back into the contest, taking the place of Marte. The early game is plagued by turnovers from the Mules. And, I mean, we've seen it a couple times. If they're not winning their turnover battles, it's most likely not going their way to fall. And we're seeing this early, but we can see the Mules come back from this. Chase Schallenberger into the contest, driving in. Missing the layup was Cornish. Ball still loose in the air. Archie comes down with the defensive rebound. Now back come the Mules. Getting busy in a hurry. Once again, Killens. We'll get two at the stripe. Once again, not wasting time. He gets the ball in his hands. He's immediately looking to drive. And this time, reaps the benefits of a foul on Marquise Acree. That is his first team's fifth. So the Mules will be in the bonus for the remaining 219 of the quarter. You can definitely see that if the Mules team, I should say Muhlenberg, doesn't feel like shooting that three ball, they're going to get inside as much as they can. And we see that with Archie. We see that with Killens. We see that with Drew LeClaire, who's one of the shorter guys out here. He's not afraid to go in the paint if he's not feeling like he's shooting. Misses the first. Coming into today's contest, Killens 15 of 22 from the stripe. Just over 68%. 
Second is true. Killens with five of Muhlenberg's seven. That ties up the contest at seven apiece. Now full court pressure. A little trap defense as LeClaire giving Grimmer some hassle. Matt Flowers looking for a 10-second violation, and instead he'll get Grimmer for the offensive foul. Drew LeClaire had great pressure on that ball handler. He saw the first push off. Coach Flowers was getting a little bit animated about that one, but then the second one is just too blatant for the ref to ignore. Yeah, Grimmer with the push off. Another turnover. Mules trying to heat up here as Killens has taken it into his own hands. A corner three. Shermar Killens give him eight of the Mules ten, and the Mules now lead by three. A blocking foul on the other end called by Zabala. Trying to utilize that far baseline to his advantage. Ends up getting called for the block. Just the third foul on the Mules. Still one to give here in the quarter. Again, full court pressure. Easton struggling there. That one goes off the hands of Cornish. A little hot potato ahead to Killens. Killens nearly converts, but ends up going back to the line for two more. Once again, Killens, dude, he gets that ball in his hands. There's one thing that he's looking to do because he is absolutely feeling it. Like I said, 13 points, 16 points, 16 points in his last three contests, getting it done here this evening. I mean, as we see from our friends at uh, Mike Drago. Friends he, of the pod, yeah, Mike Drago. Yeah, friends of the pod. He was one of those key players to really step it up and to watch coming into them. He was named as one of their top players, and he's one of those guys, if he's playing really well, the team can rally behind him and are able to push that envelope. Well, you lost two all-division players last year. You lost their top five scorers. So, again, when we talked early on, uh, preseason pod, asking, all right, who's going to step up here? I mean, really, it was a group effort. Matt Flowers talked about how they can roll nine, ten players deep, and they'll get their scoring from all sorts of different places, and Killens has really stepped up. And on the defensive end here, and my, oh, my, he comes away with the swipe and is going to get two at the line just by sheer will. Because that one, he ends up swiping a ball tipped into the air, and he is harangued before he can really grab it with both mitts. Yeah, he's really putting that pressure on, and someone has to with this Mules team because we've seen before that they are really good off of pressure. They play really well when they're able to make the pace their own and play their own game, and right now, Killens is that guy who's turning that tide for them. Well, he's got 11. He's looking for a dozen. Mules now leading by six. They trailed seven to four at one point. Killens hits both at the stripe. It's now 14 to seven. Archie with the steal and the dunk. The emphatic finish from Kyle Archie puts the Mules up by nine and they have awoken here in the first period. Easton will take a timeout. They don't know what the heck is going on. Let me tell you, it is a 12-0 run here by the Mules, and they have flipped this game on its head with 1-12 left in the first quarter. I mean, we talked about it earlier. Once this team finally wakes up, 
and they're like, okay, we need to push the envelope here and push that pace and play our game when they play fast breaks, they play those turnovers, we see a totally different team than we saw at the beginning of this first quarter. Stem from that last time out that Matt, head coach Matt Flowers took that I talked and said, hey, man, he's saying one word at a time to those guys with an emphatic period at the end of each word. So if they can't get the message when it's that clear and precise, you know, maybe they're just not going to get it. And clearly heard Chef as this team has really turned it around after that last timeout. Again, a 12-0 run here by the Mules, doubling out near midcourt. No foul here. They finally are able to get it away. Somehow makes its hands into makes its way into Cornish's hands. And he will slow things down, restart the half-court offense. Looking down low onto the low block. Schallenberger going to be fouled on that right block. And we'll see who they call the foul on. It could be Archie, could be Killens, and it will be on Archie. Archie, that'll be his first. That'll be the team's fourth, and their last to give comes with 42.4. And that will stick Chase Schallenberger, a sophomore. That one, Bill Rainbow. Wow. Got it to go in. Almost looked like Rick Barry, except this is overhand. He's trying to scratch the ceiling with that shot. Hey, I mean, if it goes in, I think that's the oh, biggest um, important part of it. That one way up. That one rattles in and out, and a foul on Zabala as Akree grabbed the offensive board. And I mean, Zabala may disagree with it, as that is his second team's fifth. But uh, you could hear the slap of the hand from all the way up here. Yeah. A little bit different than slapping the base. That's a little bit of a tough a tough one to give. I mean, the ball's right there and you hit hand. I get it, you're trying to be quick, but you got to know when to go for it and when to stay in your lane. In and out for a Cree. Lafayette Cree. 10 of 14 from the line coming in. Misses both. And we're going to have a loose ball foul here on the shot. And it looks like a lane violation. It will be on Muhlenberg, so another one upcoming for a Cree. <sighs> Got to wait until that ball's released where you can take a step into the paint. That goes for both sides. Now they can finally go. Still a miss. Zabala ends up tapping it off the backboard to himself. It'll be Muhlenberg basketball. Up ahead, Alex Collado across midcourt. Puts his defender into the spin cycle, still searching and probing for some help. Now he'll roll over to his right where two other players exist. Killens. Now Zabala. Zabala takes one dribble to Killens. Killens pass out to Collado. Collado a corner three and drills it. Killens hit the deck. Nothing loose ball related there. But another three as Collado gets on the score sheet. It's now 19 to eight mules. And a last second heave there by Pompilus is no good. And that will do it. Muhlenberg, 19 points. They were down by three. They were down seven to four. They were down five, nothing at one point actually. Yeah. So they were down by five. Ended up coming back a little bit, but closing that quarter on a 15 to one run. And that is how the first will end. We'll take a quick break and be back for the second. 19 to 8 Mules when we return on the Mule Sports Network. I don't want a lot for 
For the best coverage of high school sports in Berks County, head to MikeDragosports.com. Winter means basketball, and Mike and his crew have it covered like no one else does. Game recaps, stats, team news, player and coach profiles, and analysis. No one does it like Mike. A subscription to MikeDragosports.com for pennies a day makes a great holiday gift for the sports fan on your list. Take advantage of their seven-day free trial. That's MikeDragosports.com for the best sports coverage in Berks. You're listening to Ryan and Chris on the Mule Sports Network. Back here with fresh eight minutes up on the board. The Mules. Some substitutions prior to the second quarter beginning. Collado, Miller, and Archie, the lone starters still remaining. Eli Hemming. A 6'2 freshman will see some time here, as will Jules Martinez. Floater up no good. Archie grabs the board, and Archie going to be fouled. They weren't quite sure. The referee knew that something happened. He pointed to his (laughs) partner in crime on the other side of the court, and he's like, yeah, he was held. So Cornish called for his second personal. And a quick one to open up the second quarter. Going across the lane to Archie. Archie thought he was fouled. No good. Making the board. They'll hand it over to Dunlap, who will handle ball handling duties. Cornish still hanging outside the arc. Cornish quick fire three. That one too strong. Offensive board by Pompilus. And a foul here. I believe it's on Martinez. Martinez, his first. Easton underneath their own basket, up top to Cornish. Cornish swings it around. Dunlap a three, that one off the mark. Schallenberger with the putback, though. His first bucket from the field closes the gap to 19 to 10. Mikey Miller. Bangs it off the backboard, unable to finish, and we're going to have a foul called here. And I believe it's against Easton. It will be. Call, I believe, on... Oh, actually, will be on number 23 for the Mules. It will be Hemming. So both teams with quick first fouls here in the quarter. And we're going to have, I believe, a palming violation. Can I see that right? On Pompilus. So another turnover here for the Red Rovers. I think I saw the, uh, mm-hmm. you did. the palm turning over. Can't go from the bottom of the basketball. And Jules Martinez, oh, my goodness. Wow. He tried to take on Schallenberger, and Schallenberger literally just ripped it out of his arms. Said, <laughs> like, give me that. They'll try to go down low. Archie quick hands. But somehow, Cornish ends up with it, gets it back to Schallenberger, and Schallenberger another bucket. Quick 4-0 spurt here. 
Miller was thinking three across to Archie. Archie driving left, fouled by Schallenberger on the floor. Schallenberger spun him around. That'll be his first and team's second foul. Pompilus will take a seat. Marquisa Cree back in. Jules Martinez trying to find Alex Collado cutting on that far sideline, and Collado not looking that direction. Another turnover for the Mules. That's a problem they got to address early. Martinez getting rocked a bit by a Schallenberger pick. Acree will pull it out. Now to Cornish. Cornish, little push off, gets away with it. Stops, pops at the line, no good. Mikey Miller grabs the board. Up ahead to Archie. Archie gets two in transition. Kyle Archie, his third bucket for six, the lead back to nine. They're playing their game right now. They're getting inside when they want to, and it's working perfectly. I think that's it. Archie has the ability to draw Schallenberger away from the low post. Dropping in, nearly getting two is Macon. That one bounces off back iron. Eventually goes out of bounds in favor of the Mules. Killens will take the place of Collado. Collado, 12 points in the contest against Governor Mifflin. Struggled a bit to get started in the contest before that that we covered here. A three up off the mark by Hemming. Offensive board by Martinez. We're going to have a traveling violation before he even gets his shot off. So Marquisa Cree hits the deck. Won't draw the personal foul. He'll just absorb all the contact and get a pat on the back by his teammates. They'll throw it all the way ahead to Marquis to Acree. Acree turnaround jumper on the low block is good. Marquisa Cree, his first bucket. Sent Kyle Archie flailing to the floor. They'll get it ahead to Zabala. Oh. Unfinished business for him. Maybe a little too casual with that scoop layup. I know it looks good. But man, you just got to get two points sometimes. Acree called for the walk underneath the basket. Another turnover. I mean... The scoop looked good. It just kind of rolled around and then just came right back out. Not much you can do up there. It's a 6-2 run here by Easton. And up ahead, another left-handed finish by Ryan Cornish. He had that quick spurt where he scored the first five points of the contest. Quiet since then as Archie absorbs contact, unable to finish. Trying his luck from the right block. Cornish once again getting away with a little bit of a push and a left-handed floater in the lane is good. Ryan Cornish back-to-back -back buckets. Trims the lead back to three. Archie struggling, and we're going to have a foul called here on Easton. We'll see who it's on. If it is on Cornish, well, that's a blessing in disguise for the Mules as that is the third for Cornish. It will force them to put in Lafayette Acree. No, no, there. Yeah, there goes Cornish. <laughs> Pompilus back in for him. About to say. Lafayette back into the game. I really just want to use their first names. When yeah. your first name's that cool, it doesn't really matter what your last name is. 
Archie steps on the sideline. Good pressure there by Marquis. He would be Marquise, though. There is an E at the end of his name. Mm -hmm. So it's not the traditional French Marquis. As you were hoping for. It's Marquise. <laughs> but Lafayette totally spelled normal, just like he expected to. Collado somehow gets out of the way of a pass. Easton trying to figure out how he didn't touch it. It'll belong with the Mules. I mean, from the look of it, it looked like he could have touched it, but, I mean, like the angle it went out at, it looked like it wasn't. Well, surprisingly, so. the far sideline probably would have had something to say about it. They had the best look at it, mm -hmm. and nobody raised any objections out there in the crowd. And a travel uh, on Killens. Picked up his pivot foot. Can't do that. The Mules led by as many as a dozen. It was 19-7 to at one point. It's now an 11-2 to run by Easton. As I do the correct math there. Because it was a 15-0 run for Mules at one point in time. Driving in, once again, short on the doorstep was Lafayette. They'll get it ahead to Mikey Miller, and traffic gets two in transition. Miller, his first bucket. Pushes the lead back to five. That's a good heads-up play by Mikey Miller. He was able to get his hand through that pass. and It was a one-on-two. Oh, yeah. Pilato called for the block. Used his body to knock over Dunlap. Collado, his second personal. Zabala with two. Alex Collado with two. And we're going to have a foul called here, and I believe it might be on Zabala. Oh, they're just going to say that it touched him out of bounds. I thought that he made a motion that there was contact. There was not. It was a good play. He tried to get that turnover, just couldn't get the ball back inbounds. Brown fresh into the game. Yeah, they have the mismatch down here. Mikey Miller taking on Schallenberger, and this time Schallenberger uh, basically blocks himself, shoots it up and underneath, hits the underside of the basket. Back the other way. Killens to Archie, and Archie has it stripped away out of bounds. He'll stay with the Mules. They had that two-on-one. It's just that one of those Easton players was able to come. I saw him come all the way from the corner following Archie, and it's just a tough play. Easton really liking uh, Schallenberger, by the way, a sophomore big guy. They'll go down low to Archie. Archie's rejected by Lafayette Cree, and we're going to have an offensive foul on that loose ball. Well, and once again, they're just going to say that it was out of bounds. Never mind. <laughs> they need to stop showing a foul and a traveling violation called on Brown. Welcome to the game. Here's a turnover. Seems to, that they're giving those out like candy here this afternoon. I think it's Halloween. Collado trying to weave his way in and out of traffic. They inbound to Archie. Well, dribble handoff with Zabala. Nice find across the lane to Mikey Miller with the left hand. And once again, oh boy, that one in and out. Trying to scoop it again. Zabala will be called for the personal as he hacks, and I stress hacks, Marquise Cree. So for Zabala, that'll be his third. He'll likely need to come out. I mean, thought of it. He Easton had an open lane. So you can take it as you will. I'll just put it, leave it right there. <laughs> Listen, 
I, I told you before the broadcast, my dad always used to say, listen, if you're going to foul, foul hard and make sure that they're not going to be scoring an easy bucket underneath. The worst thing you can do is do a light tap, a light foul, and they have an easy lane to the basket. They get two, and then they're going to line for three. Like, no, no, no. You make sure that they don't hit the first bucket. Mm-hmm. Some changes here as yeah, Zabala will check out. LeClaire will take his place. 2.46 remaining here in the first half. Mules leading by five. I'll get trimmed to four here as Marquise Cree hits one of two at the stripe. He now has three. Easton getting the turnover and then turning it over themselves in transition. So no harm, no foul. But yeesh. The turnover plague is going around here. It's contagious, that's for sure. Miller looking for some help. Gets it into Colado. Miller will... Use his athleticism, get across, down low to Killens. Killens, yeah, you bet you that's a block. As Marquisa Cree ends up absorbing the contact, called for the personal. Killens to the stripe. For a second, I thought that was going to turn its way back and go right back in, but it turns out it looked like a good one, too. I mean, Killens is he's killing it tonight. Attempts number seven and eight from the stripe. Bangs in the first. Killens, I'll say it after. I'm not saying this beforehand. We'll we'll just wait. I'm not cursing anything. Not yet at least. I'm not cursing anything. (laughs) Though maybe just by thinking it, I'm bringing it into existence. Maybe. I'm not sitting here and manifesting. I'm just... (laughs) <laughs> stating stats as I see them. Yeah. This isn't the secret. I'm not manifesting anything. Kellen's looking to hit the second. Now with a full paint next to him. Now I can say it. He's hit seven straight from the stripe. There you go. Okay. I was going to say he was going to hit six straight, and inevitably he would have missed that one. Yeah. That was a good one. That was uh, a good one. Uh huh. Uh-huh. 225 left here. Lead pushed back up to six. And Collado trying to draw the personal. His feet were still shuffling. Collado, that'll be his third. A forgettable first half for Alex. Three fouls, three points. Matt Flowers with 2.20 left. Might need some heartburn medication. Yeah as Archie will be tapped to come in. Compilus to the stripe for his first attempts. That one well short. Collado will check out. Compilus two of three from the stripe entering today's contest. Not what you would call a strong sample size. It's one of two. Twelve points in the quarter for Easton as Archie swatted away from behind on the low block. Got double teamed down on that right corner. Easton will work it across. Kukta into the game. Or Kuchta. One of the two. And well, Brown stepping on the sideline. We'll turn the ball over. 
I haven't been keeping track of all the turnovers, but uh, it's been a lot. Yeah, it has. Miller and Killens in the backcourt here. Yeah, I don't think we need to say anything more about that. Yeah. Killens goes up and grabs it. Now drives into the stripe, throws it hard off the backboard. Man, Archie, I thought, absorbed some contact again, but it's swatted away by Kuchta. I'm just going with that. Red Rovers trapped in the corner. Triple team now finally able to dribble out. Pass out to Pompilus beyond the arc. That one too strong. Archie nearly loses it. And I thought he was tied up. Instead, this time absorbs contact, absorbs the foul, and will walk the length of the court. That's going to be four. That was foul number five. Foul's on Kuchta. That'll be his first. But foul number five for the Red Rovers. Double bonus now for the Mules and for the Red Rovers like here for the final 133. Archie looking to tack on to the five-point advantage that the Mules currently enjoy. First one is good. Archie... A 52.2% free throw shooter. I won't say it. It's both. There you go. See, this is why I don't say anything. Yeah. I would have said mathematics would tell you that Archie will miss this one, but he hits it. Actually, I probably should have said it in that case. Yeah. 27 to 20 mules on top. 126 remaining in the first half. Double team. Nice job by Archie. A little sneak attack there on Marquise Cree. He had no idea. He was using the crouch feature in Fortnite. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> Tipped out of bounds. Still stays with Easton. Yeah, I'm a 35-year-old man who plays Fortnite in his free times. What do you want? Hey, video games are <laughs> enjoyable. What can I say? Man, tough bucket wow. there as Lafayette Cree gets his first from the field. Four points for him. As he drove into the lane, like I said, tough bucket for him. Looking down low, Kantner back into the contest. Kantner using that pivot foot and a travel as that pivot foot slips. With 56.6 seconds remaining, Ryan Cornish will check back in with his three fouls. We'll see if they go offense for defense. After this offensive possession, or if they allow Cornish to have at it with three fouls, and if you're Muhlenberg, I would go right after him. We'll see what the Red Rovers decide to do. Stopping and popping in the lane, missing is Dunlap. Offensive board into the hands of Cornish. LeClaire draped on him, and honestly, that's a great matchup for the Mules. Oh, yeah. Cornish gets passed, and a shuffle of the feet there by Lafayette Cree. It'll belong with the Mules, 32.4 seconds left. They can hold for one if they choose. No shot clock in the high school game. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I've seen Elko just take the air out of the basketball for two minutes before when they had Braden Bohannon. He would just sit right at the top by the circle, and they're like, yeah, you just stand there. Mikey Miller watches his defender fly right on past him. He hits the wide-open triple. Miller, his second from the field, give him five, and the lead's back to eight. Ahead to Cornish. Cornish too strong. Another opportunity here for the Mules. It'll be Killens. Killens up too strong. No good. Ball loose on the floor. One second left having to put it up. And that one 
I don't know how that would have worked. It grazed the rim, but we're going to have a foul before time expires on a last-second heave. And what a mistake by Easton. Kuchta called for the personal. We'll see how much time they put up here. There must be, I don't know, one or two-tenths of a second because that was bang, bang at the end. He threw it up. That had more of a chance than it ever deserved to as it actually grazed off the front of the rim. But now you have Kantner shooting three. Hits the first. How about that? We've definitely seen the pace come back. And now we're seeing the mules that we're used to seeing with that pace and that fast break effort. I enjoy seeing that mules more than I did the first quarter mules. So. Cantner, one of the better free throw shooters on this Muhlenberg squad. 89% give or take coming in. Hits two of three. They won't put any time back up there. Instead, it'll just be a free two points for the Mules, and they will now lead by double digits going into the break. 32-22, your score after two quarters of play. We'll take a break. Pay some love to sponsors. Listen to some Christmas, excuse me, Christmas music. Got some Bing Crosby lined up here. We've got some Christmas music playing here, too. So uh, more to come when we return here on the Mule Sports Network. On a bright Hawaiian Christmas day That's the island greeting that we send to you From the land where palm trees sway Here we know that Christmas will be green and bright The sun to shine by day and all the stars at night Melikilikimaka is a wise way to say Merry Christmas to you. Melikalikimaka is a thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. That's the island greeting that we send to you from the land where palm trees sway. Here we know that Christmas will be green and bright. The sun to shine by day and all the stars at night. Melikalikimaka is Hawaii's way to say Merry Christmas to you. That's the island greeting that we send to you From the land where palm trees sway Here we know that Christmas will be green and bright The sun to shine by day and all the stars at night Melikalikimaka is a wise way To say Merry Christmas 
Christmas. A very merry Christmas. A very, very merry, merry Christmas to you. The new Birdies Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. There's something every day of the week. Dancing to the oldies on Monday, open mic Tuesday, trivia or live music on Wednesday, Thursday is karaoke with Angie, and live music Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Entertainment galore, great food, and the friendliest people in Berks County. The new Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road in Exeter. It's the inn thing to do. Check Birdies' Facebook page for the full entertainment schedule. It's 4 a.m., Monday, and you're literally sucking baby snot through a tube because she's congested. Man, that's love. And if you love her that much, love her enough to make sure she's buckled in the right car seat. To make sure your child's in the right seat for their age and size, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Is your house or business looking dingy or need a sprucing up? Be it interior or exterior, Lancaster Full Service Painting is right for your job. Specializing in all methods of painting, from brush and roll to airless spray and HVLP, Lancaster Full Service Painting will deliver a comprehensive premium job at a friendly price. There's no full service painting like Lancaster Full Service Painting. Call John at 717-419-8492 or schedule online at LancasterFullServicePainting.com. My mom has taken up going to the park to practice yoga. My dad's going to a club, but not a book club, a salsa club. Finding new hobbies comes with age. My mom has started getting lost and not knowing where she's going. Becoming lost or disoriented doesn't. Confusion with time or place may be a sign of Alzheimer's. An early diagnosis can help improve the quality of life for your loved one. Learn the warning signs of Alzheimer's at 10signs.org. Brought to you by the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. For the best coverage of high school sports in Berks County, head to MikeDragosports.com. Winter means basketball, and Mike and his crew have it covered like no one else does. Game recaps, stats, team news, player and coach profiles, and analysis. No one does it like Mike. A subscription to MikeDragosports.com for pennies a day makes a great holiday gift for the sports fan on your list. Take advantage of their seven-day free trial. That's MikeDragosports.com for the best sports coverage in Berks. As veterans, we're no strangers to helping others. That's what we were taught, service before self. But we do have one question for the veterans listening. When is the last time you reached out for help? If you or someone you know needs resources, whether it's for stress, finances, employment, or mental health, don't wait. Reach out. Find more information at va.gov reach. That's va.gov reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council. The new Birdies Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. There's something every day of the week. Dancing to the oldies on Monday, open mic Tuesday, trivia or live music on Wednesday, Thursday is karaoke with Angie, and live music Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Entertainment galore, great food, and the friendliest people in Berks County. The new Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road in Exeter. It's the inn thing to do. Check Birdies' Facebook page for the full entertainment schedule. 
For the best coverage of high school sports in Berks County, head to MikeDragosports.com. Winter means basketball, and Mike and his crew have it covered like no one else does. Game recaps, stats, team news, player and coach profiles, and analysis. No one does it like Mike. A subscription to MikeDragosports.com for pennies a day makes a great holiday gift for the sports fan on your list. Take advantage of their seven-day free trial. That's MikeDragosports.com for the best sports coverage in Berks. You're listening to Ryan and Chris on the Mule Sports Network. Back here in Laureldale. Place I almost bought a house once. We're settling on West Reading. Oh, wow. Oh, that's true. You it did was, say it that. It was between a house in Laureldale and, and West Reading. We chose West Reading. And uh, as fate would have it, I'm here anyway. Yeah. Drawn back to Mule and Merck. And uh, more in particular, this contest between the visiting Eastern Red Rovers and your Muhlenberg Mules. And right now they lead by 10 at the break. Outscored Easton by 11 in the first quarter. It's outscored by one in the second, but as Easton chipped, chipped, chipped away at that lead. Got it to within three before Muhlenberg pulling back away with some Late heroics here from Cantner with that last-second heave fouled beyond the arc. Ends up getting a couple of points there. Archie with two at the stripe. Miller with five. Killens with two at the stripe. So they cobbled together 13 points there. Now leading 32-22. Uh, for Easton, Ryan Cornish can score in bunches. Was missing an awful lot here as well. He leads the way with nine points. Schallenberger with five. I really didn't see him an awful lot there late in the second. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lafayette Acree with four, Marquise Acree with three, and Papilus with one for Muhlenberg. Shermar Killens, 12 of his 14 points coming in the first quarter, and he is just two away from tying his career high, three away from resetting it. But he leads the way for both squads with 14 points. Archie with eight in the first half. Miller with five, Cantner with two, and Alex Collado with three. I mean, this Mule's defense has been able to bring the defense into the paint. We've seen it. They were having a little trouble the first quarter, and I don't know if Coach asked a question of how we can do that, but now they're starting to shade one of those corners that they do that 2-3, starting to shade inside into the paint, especially when they have that mismatch, and it's been working. They've been, Easton has been passing around the top of the arc. They've been passing to the corners, and not many passes have been able to get through to go down into the paint and into the post. And I think that's one of those successful ways that Muhlenberg is able to stop them getting that mismatch inside and making points off of that mismatch. I think it's you're okay with Easton taking jumpers. And I mean, at this level, yeah, you're mostly okay with any team taking jumpers. You want to restrict the paint as much as possible at the high school level. Mm-hmm. You don't want easy buckets. You don't want easy layups. You don't want easy tip-ins. You don't want offensive rebound attempts. So that's why you know boxing out and making sure that the paint is yours on the defensive end with good help side defense, it, it really does springboard a lot of what Muhlenberg is looking to do, even on the offensive end, uh, getting out in transition. Oh, yeah, and we've, we've even seen it where Killens, he's not the biggest guy on the court, but he's not afraid to take contact inside the paint and maybe even get to the line. Killens is all over the place, offense, defense, 
I mean, he can bang down low because he does have a good thick frame, but he can also stand at the top of that 2-3 zone and wreak havoc at the top of that zone defense. So he'll, he'll, here he will start as the ball handler to kickstart the offense. Alex Collado trying to get the ball in his hands early. He'll get it out to Archie. Archie with the foot shuffle called for the travel. And there it goes. It starts early again. Like I said la last time we were on the air, let's not make this a habit. Well, now I am going to keep track of second-half turnovers <laughs> as it becomes quite the uh, interesting stat line here. Looking to break down is Marquis Sacri. He'll hand it off to his brother Lafayette. Lafayette trying to get some space, has the dribble and stop. Collado and Cornish going at it. Killens now has to close out on him. Three-pointer no good. Mikey Miller ends up with it. A jump ball as a result. And it will stay with Easton as Muhlenberg had the ball to start the second half. Red Rovers, easy inbound to Cornish. Immediately has Collado greet him. Marquise loses the handle, tipped away. Nice job by Kantner. Kantner, two on two. Collado watches Lafayette Acree just fly on past him and gets his first bucket of the second half. He now has five. That's what you call a huge pump fake. Schallenberger into the game. Sorry, that was Andrew Hoadley trying to go up and under. No good. All the way across, Alex Collado. Little jab step driving in with the left. Got it to go. Man, if the Mules have Alex Collado going here in the second half, whew, good luck, Red Rovers. Yeah, especially when he gets on fire. We've seen him get red hot, and he will take any shot with that confidence. First, he is not afraid. First two buckets of the half by Collado is driving in, getting two was Lafayette Cree. That was buttery smooth into the paint. Killens driving in, takes two steps, scoop layup for him, ties a career high with 16. First six of the first eight points of the second half belonging to Muhlenberg. They've extended their lead to 14. Sat at 10 at the break. Killen stealing with Cornish. Cornish trying to drive baseline. Ends up running into Kantner. Tries to pass it away. Loose ball goes out of bounds. Good defense there. Using that third defender that time and the baseline. Calls the turnover. Up ahead to Kyle Archie. Archie takes two steps. Fouled in route. We'll see if they say it was on the floor or in the act. That was on Hoadley. That'll be his first. One thing I do like about this defense is this defense is not crazy, but once Kantner actually starts making that presence known on defense, he might as well be everywhere because that's what he tries to do. He tries to take every open man. He tries to steal the ball as many times. Yeah, he might get called up with a couple fouls with the reach-ins, but... He is one of those defensive guys. If he turns it on, that team follows him. 15 of 20 now, 25 now for Kyle Archie and misses the second half.
Left side jumper, no good. Once again, Cornish. They're just going to let him keep shooting. Until he starts drilling those, you just watch him go. Alex Collado, speaking of, watching him. Easton does that in the near corner, and he hits the triple in front of his own bench. Lead now at its largest at 18. That one nearly swiped away. It'll be Schallenberger on the low block getting two. They'll take that long pass any day of the week. They leave Archie open. Killens just launches that thing to the opposite side, and Archie's able to get a foul. Archie on the low block absorbs the foul. We'll go to the stripe again. This is the first. Lead sitting at 16 with 4.51 left in the third. Starting five into the, into the game as Archie, true to form, hits one of two. And a 52% free throw shooter coming in. Has now hit four out of six in his three trips. Gillenberg, despite the 17-point advantage, still with the full court pressure, and we're going to have a foul here on the floor as Lafayette Cree. Fouled by Collado, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that will be his fourth. Now, that's a shame. And he may need to check out of the contest, but he has hit double figures. Dipping in, getting two is Ryan Cornish. Speaking of double figures, he now has 11. It looks like they're going to let him roll. Driving baseline, kicks it out. Killens to Miller. Mikey Miller with another three, his second of the game, second of the half here for the Mules. Lead is back to 18, and, well, Easton has had enough. Actually going to have a 30-second timeout here for the Mules. 46-28, leading by 18. Less than four minutes into the third. Coach Flowers has gotten that fire lit under him. You can tell now because that first half you saw them hesitating, shooting that three ball and had making those mistakes that usually that we wouldn't expect from these mules. But now they're just shooting it. They're having fun playing it. They're finding that open man, and it's just been working. Easton basketball. Eventually. LeClaire back in. They will take Collado out after that offensive possession. So a smart time out there by Matt Flowers. They're going to try to go the full length of the court. They end up hitting Cornish. Cornish too strong. Putback attempt swiped away. Schallenberger put back no good. Another offensive board. Let's try a third time. And finally that one bangs in. By Marquisa Cree, his second bucket for five. Three putback attempts there by Easton. Finally coming away with one. Kantner gets his defender up in the air. Tough bucket for him. Wow. Kantner now with four. Ball ends up getting thrown about. 
Referee blows his whistle to stop play and allow some time to track down a loose ball. LeClaire called for the personal. Hopefully that is on LeClaire, and it will. I'll say hopefully, but Killens also with no fouls, so really that one wouldn't have hurt too much. Yeah. Kinsman been a lot better giving away fouls this game. A three by Cornish. And again, we talk about him scoring in bunches, and, well, two of the last three trips down there, it's been Cornish. Kantner out to Archie. Archie lining up a three. That one off back iron. Trying to get it ahead to Cornish again. This time, Muhlenberg playing return to sender. Basically a defensive lineman. They jump up with two arms raised. The ball goes slamming off their outstretched arms out of bounds and off of Easton. So Killens will dump it into Mikey Miller. 15-point advantage here, 48-33. Poked away by a Cree. Up ahead, Marquise. With the layup, Mikey Miller down on the floor, and he is writhing in pain. He is rolling on the floor. That is not a good sign if you're a Mules fan. He was grabbing at that right knee. He's currently trying to hold it. He is able to bend it. I wasn't able to see exactly what happened. The play had already moved past midcourt, and unfortunately Miller was left on the ground. There with the trainer and head coach Matt Flowers, and he'll be helped up by both. Walk off under his own power. Might have just locked knees with somebody on the way out of the gate. Yeah, nose hurt. So I'll take a quick seat on the bench. Head to athletic trainer. We'll grab some ice for him. Matt Flowers is like, yeah, get up out of here. Go back to the trainer, dude. So he will go and <laughs> sit down a little bit closer. Mules back on offense here as Marte fresh into the game. He'll take the place of Mikey Miller as Killens. Nice drop-off pass. And we're going to have a foul called here as Kantner takes some contact to the side of his dome. He'll go to the line for two. Those inside passes with going to LeClaire to Killens to Kantner was... A little bit of hot potato. Yeah. Nice touch passes all the way around, especially Killens on the low block. I think one of the things we don't really talk about a lot is Killens' vision on the court, too. I mean, he has really stepped up here. And a junior, so we get to uh, experience two years of Shermar. Mm -hmm. Lead back to 14. Kantner looking to hit both. Does so, switches the second. He now has six. Lead sits at 15 with under three to play in the third. Cornish with 14, drives into the lane, spins, has it stripped away by LeClaire. LeClaire leading the break, taken in by Kantner, ahead to Killens. Killens draws the personal on a Cree. So for Lafayette, that'll be his third. And Killens back to the stripe, looking for a new career high. And it's been an impressive game from him. He's gotten to the line how many times? I mean, you would have the numbers since you're this keeping will, this track. This will be his fifth trip to the stripe. Wow. Shots. So far, he's only missed one. He's seven of eight. Dang it. Misses the first. 
I didn't say that he hit seven straight, but this is my penance for even uttering those words in the first place. It even happens. after he hit seven. It's the announcer's curse. Announcer's curse. It's a real always. thing. Killen's back half. Rattles it home. Killens with a new career high in 17. Again, 12 of those coming in the first quarter of play. A nice effort there by Kantner trying to save the ball from going out of bounds after a superb defensive effort. Unable to do so. Clock stop with 2.40 left. Almost perfectly matching the time of 2.41. Trying to get out of there. Nice job by the Mules. But they leave wide open players at the other end. And a three by Cornish. That one whiffs on everything. They're able to get ahead to Zabala to Killens. Oh, my. Wow. Throwing it up for Killens. Killens with the alley-oop. I think he landed a little funny on his left leg. Killens, not enough hops to get up there and dunk it in, but he went up, grabbed it, and laid it in. Killens, while he's laying on the ground, got a uh, water bottle literally, literally chucked to him. <laughs> Catches. That wasn't even a water bottle. That was just a blue Powerade. Ends up catching it. He's still down on the ground with head coach Matt Flowers, and now he leans back a little bit. I can't tell if he's in pain or if he's just grinning from ear to ear after completing that alley-oop. Jeez, that was a... It's hard to tell. Nope, nope, he's definitely uh, chirping. <laughs> Shermar looks like he's probably fine, but also get a little bit of pain thrown in there too. I'm guessing it's a cramp in I, his calf. I, I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. I think that he is uh, thrilled to be on that alley-oop. And like I said, he is grinning ear to ear. Working that right side. But wow, what a play. Zabala put that in the perfect spot for Killens. Well, here I've been saying uh, Kiato wrong the entire time. Kiato. It's not the uh, double L. Is the traditional Spanish as they try to get it ahead to Cornish to Kiato. lay it in. And Leclerc called for his second personal. Hmm. Shermar Killen. You know, everybody has this spelled all sorts of different ways because I will say it is Killens on the roster sheet that was given to us by Muhlenberg. Mm -hmm. So, listen, apologies all the way around. We think we got it. This time we didn't. It's apologies to anyone listening. It is Hemmings, by the way, with an S, which is... Also spelled wrong on the roster sheet. <laughs> we'll probably talk to Tim afterwards. Cornish unable to finish the second free throw, but ends up getting his own mi miss and makes it. Out to Marte. Marte driving baseline, drops it on the doorstep for Alex Callado. There we go. Gets two more. Lead is at 17. Trying to draw the foul there was Marte. He hit the deck and skidded about 10 feet. Big hop step there. Kuchta misses everything. They'll get it ahead to Alex Collado. And Collado fakes out everyone, thinking he was going in for the dunk. Instead, just drops in the floater, and he's come alive here in the fourth. Despite four fouls, 
And another palming violation, second of the game for Easton. They'll turn it over. Wow. Lead at its largest at 19 now. Popolis will check back in, takes the place of Marquise Cree. Cantner will do a little dribble handoff with Cariado in the backcourt. Stops, pops, hands off to LeClaire. LeClaire too strong. That one tipped up. Cornish gets it to Kutchta up ahead as Dunlap was there waiting. Dunlap right along the baseline. Well, Cornish passed up a wide-open three to try to dump it down low. Instead, it's poked away. Back come the mules. Marte. Surveying, dribble handoff to Zabala, back to Marte. Nice give and go there once again on the doorstep as Marte left that one hanging on the rim. Lead stays at 19, won't break the 20-point threshold quite yet. And a blocking foul called on Kantner. Lead is now at 19, 38.4 seconds remaining in the third. Zabala jumping up and down like his hair is on fire, trying to stop the Pompolis pass. Said they get it in. Pompolis, his three is off the mark. They'll get it ahead to Drew LeClaire. He gets two. The five foot nine senior getting the layup. And for LeClaire, his first bucket of the contest. Nice job on the other end as Marte able to cause the turnover. They get it ahead to Callado. Ends up in the midst of Marte. Marte, his first bucket. This time he won't be denied. The lead is at 23. All the way up ahead. And now we've turned into an NBA All-Star game as Dunlap unable to finish. And that will do it here for the third. Mules. Oh boy. 61 points for Muhlenberg. You want to guess what they just dropped? In that third quarter, let's hear it. 29 points for the wow. Mules in that third quarter. They now have 61. Meanwhile, man, the Rovers, you would take a look at it and say, hey, they scored 16 points. That's pretty good. They trail by 23 going into the fourth quarter. We'll take a quick break and be right back. More to come here on the Mules Sports Network. Is your house or business looking dingy or need a sprucing up? Be it interior or exterior, Lancaster Full Service Painting is right for your job. Specializing in all methods of painting, from brush and roll to airless spray and HVLP, Lancaster Full Service Painting will deliver a comprehensive premium job at a friendly price. There's no full service painting like Lancaster Full Service Painting. Call John at 717-419-8492 or schedule online at LancasterFullServicePainting.com. Now back to the game on the Mule Sports Network. Subs across the board. We got just two starters left in here as Jules Rodriguez throwing it down. Oh, sorry, Martinez trying to thread the needle there on a pass to low block. Has it stripped. 
Henry into the game for Easton as they have also dumped in their second teamers. And we're going to have a jump ball here. Nice job by Marte getting his hand over top of the ball. Yeah, that time not denied. Mule started with possession. It'll stay with Easton. Grimmer looking to inbound, finds Hoadley. Hoadley fouled, two at the stripe. Well, I mean, now we'll be able to get to see a couple of those younger guys who are coming up in the system, and hopefully we get to see an eye for next year. That is the point. Marte called for the personal. Hoadley, not much to speak of. Two fouls, no points on the board for him. Looking to change that here with two at the stripe. It's the first. The student section starting to uh, request certain players like Justin Armstrong, the 5'6 freshman. <laughs> Hoadley hits both. Lead shrunk down to 21 as both teams kind of conceding the point as, man, Alex Collado looking for it. Nice backdoor cut. Whew. Goes up for the dunk and ends up just kind of whoop, dropping it in. Collado, like I said, coming alive here. He had a heck of a job in the third quarter. They swipe it away. He had 11 points in the third he now has 16 for the game. Zabala into the corner. Jules Martinez thinks about it, fakes. That one just off to the right. Zabala grabbing the offensive board. Down on the low block, his put back attempt, no good. Hoadley the board. Yes, yeah, so my apologies on the uh, pronunciations. I'm just reading our own roster, which has them spelled wrong. And yes, I did more of an Americanized uh, Colado instead of uh, Collado. So I will change that going forward. That'll be both of us. I mean, so. in, in my brain, it made sense. Oh, yeah. Well, well, the spelling, we're looking at as C-O-L-L. Yeah. Even in my brain, I should have known better. As once again, Marte, just a little pump fake, gets his defender in the air and an easy wide-open layup as a result. Lead back to 25. 65-40, 6-20 left in this contest. It's Kantner. Man, taking the brunt of some uh, shoulders from Grimmer. Stepping in, trying to get two was Brown. That one left short. Zabala trying once again for Callado. Zabala will try to go between his legs on the baseline and dribble it out of bounds. He's trying to get him there. I mean, how many is that now? That's three. So Hemmings will check in. Freshman. Just two rostered here. Eli Hemmings. Mm -hmm. Six foot two. And then Justin Armstrong, five foot six. Armstrong will now move up next to his JV coach. Three-pointer attempt in and out. Zabala trying to get it ahead to Martinez. Martinez to Collado. Wow. Collado fakes the pass, gets two. Collado looking for 20. He must have heard me at halftime when I said it was a forgettable night for him with three points, three fouls at the break. He has turned it on. 
oh, here yeah. in the second half. Shot no good by Dunlap. Three-pointer attempt. That one too strong by Hemmings. Another offensive board. Zabala. Ooh. Yeah, flicks that pass on to Marte. A three attempt by Martinez is good. A little bit of a no-look pass from Zabala. Okay. A little razzle-dazzle. Lead is up to 30. It's largest of the game. Now they get what they want. Justin Armstrong getting ready to check into the game. A three-pointer is up and good by Henry. Cayado still in the game. If I had to guess, he would be the next substitution. Then we'll be fully out of the realm of starters. Looking on the doorstep for Martinez. Martinez passes out to Zabala. Double team on him, looking back door and not cutting hard enough was Hemmings. There you go. Cayado checks out. Justin Armstrong, his first minutes of the contest. That was with 4.16 left. We got the running clock. We'll be out of here in pretty short order. Maybe by 3 o'clock. Maybe. Both teams with backups in, waving the red flag where the Red Rovers count the basket and one as Hoadley, his first bucket from the field, looking to complete the three-point play. I believe the foul is on Marte. Marte, that'll be his second. It's all backups in now. Justin Armstrong. Gee. Swishes through. Buttery soft. Buttery soft. 3-3 three three at the line is Hoadley. Armstrong will be primary ball handler. Well, this is one of those things where, hey, these guys are going to be running the offense. They're not going to stop as getting in and getting two is Martinez. Martinez, the tough bucket and one. He's a baby. <laughs> it's usually the crowd chance that you'll Man. hear from that. I, I can't tell exactly what it was because I have my headset on, but it sounded like he's no baby. He's a baby. Oh, he's a baby. All right. Martinez. Is not a baby, indeed. He's a five foot nine senior. They're talking about the defender, Ryan. Okay. Well, then it was <laughs> the defender, and that goes against the code of conduct set by the PIAA. Yeah. So that's why I was just hoping that it was them ragging on their own player. Under three to play now. We've now hit the. Uh, well, what can we talk about in a blowout as the clock continues to run? Yeah, I mean this team. We came out with a totally different intensity out of the second. I just want to know what Coach Flowers said in that locker room because they came out totally different than they usually do. They had 32 points in the first half, 29 in the third quarter. Yeah. They'll look back at that and say, yeah, all right. Job well done. Reminisce about all the good things they did, but can't rest on their laurels too long here. Mm-hmm. You take a look at their upcoming schedule. Oh, yeah, you do have it right in front yes, of us. Yes, I do. It's Martinez. 
Up to Armstrong. Armstrong driving in. Tall floater oh. from the stripe. No good. That uh, should be a two, I believe. Oh, they're going to. Yeah, it's a two. For Henry, his second bucket for five. His foot was on the line. His foot was on the line. It'll be on the road against Lampeter Strasburg. Armstrong nearly thinking about a Steph Curry three. Instead, nice find down low to Zabala. Zabala rejected by Hoadley. Back the other way. Dunlap a three. That one no good. Picked up by Henry. Henry will just take it beyond the arc himself and gets it to rattle home. Well, Henry doesn't see an awful lot of time here for the Red Rovers, but making the most of it right now, he's hit two threes. He has eight points in limited minutes here in the fourth. Now it's just a game of keep away for the Mules. Well, so we thought Justin Armstrong off to the left. He wanted his three. These freshmen want to dip in and get theirs. Speaking of dipping in, Hemmings, his first bucket. He did that too. He got oh, into yeah. the lane, pulled up, got two. Late at 24. A little bit of sparkle from the star, getting it early. And Easton and Mules just kind of saying, yep, we're not, we're, we're just going to cool off, and that will do it. 30 seconds left. Easton will just let the air out of the basketball. And we are finished here. Muhlenberg will improve their record. They will go 5-2, and two, I think it is. Uh, they will be 5-2 and two after this. The loss is coming to Hempfield here at home and at Central Dolphin, but they will look to keep things going on Wednesday, the 20th, at Lampeter Strasburg. They have one more at Wilson on Friday as well. So they'll get a bit of a break before they get to take on yet another non-league opponent. Then they get into the thick of things, at least get a small taste of it mm -hmm. with the Wilson Bulldogs on Friday, the 22nd. Let's take a quick break. Play a commercial. I will round up all of these stats here, and let's get on out of here and enjoy our weekend. And I would suggest the same for our listeners as well. Let's take a quick break and be right back. 75-51, your final score here in Laureldale. More to come on the Mule Sports Network. Is your house or business looking dingy or need a sprucing up? Be it interior or exterior, Lancaster Full Service Painting is right for your job. Specializing in all methods of painting, from brush and roll to airless spray and HVLP, Lancaster Full Service Painting will deliver a comprehensive premium job at a friendly price. There's no full service painting like Lancaster Full Service Painting. Call John at 717-419-8492 or schedule online at LancasterFullServicePainting.com. 
For the best coverage of high school sports in Berks County, head to MikeDragosports.com. Winter means basketball, and Mike and his crew have it covered like no one else does. Game recaps, stats, team news, player and coach profiles, and analysis. No one does it like Mike. A subscription to MikeDragosports.com for pennies a day makes a great holiday gift for the sports fan on your list. Take advantage of their seven-day free trial. That's MikeDragosports.com for the best sports coverage in Berks. As veterans, we're no strangers to helping others. That's what we were taught, service before self. But we do have one question for the veterans listening. When is the last time you reached out for help? If you or someone you know needs resources, whether it's for stress, finances, employment, or mental health, don't wait. Reach out. Find more information at va.gov reach. That's va.gov reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council. The new Birdies Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. There's something every day of the week. Dancing to the oldies on Monday, open mic Tuesday, trivia or live music on Wednesday, Thursday is karaoke with Angie, and live music Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Entertainment galore, great food, and the friendliest people in Berks County. The New Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road in Exeter. It's the inn thing to do. Check Birdie's Facebook page for the full entertainment schedule. You're listening to Ryan and Chris on the Mule Sports Network. 75-51, your final score is Muhlenberg. Who boy. They had a heck of a finish to their first quarter and never looked back, not even once, in a 24-point victory for the Mules. Uh, leading the way for the visiting Red Rovers was Ryan Cornish. He was as advertised, 17 points for him. Could score in bunches, but also missed an awful lot of shots as well. He was obviously the primary weapon that they had to offer, and Muhlenberg was content to just let him shoot until it was heart was content, mm-hmm. and in doing so, 17 points, but largely kind of empty. Uh, he had uh, eight in the third quarter, didn't play in the fourth. Again, he had two quick buckets to open up the game. Didn't hear from him again in the first half, or mm-hmm. first quarter. Had two quick buckets, two out of three possessions in the uh, second quarter. Didn't hear from him the rest of it, so listen, he could score in bunches, but it never got out of hand, and they were able to hold Easton. Uh, to just 51 points as, uh, listen, they did a fantastic job on defense. Nothing that you can really complain about uh, from Muhlenberg. And when you talk about their offense, man, Alex uh, Cayado must have heard me in the locker room, must have thrown on the uh, the broadcast and heard me saying, hey, he's got three fouls, three points. Forgettable first half for him. He finishes with 18 points, second on the team to Shermar Killen who has 19, a new career high for him. Kalenlin was lights out tonight. He was, you can pretty much say any spot on the court and he was there. He was the intensity that, well, I should say he brought the intensity that the Mules needed and they completely fed off of that and they just took it. There was no going back once Killen started getting hot because then Kantner was getting hot on defense. He was able to lock people down, shooting from the inside. They were able to shift that momentum in their side, especially from the earlier when they were down a little bit. They weren't; Their shots weren't going in. They were letting the inside open for free. And once Killen made that big play, it went off to the races, and you could see the Mules could do nothing wrong. 
don't get me wrong, the turnovers are still a problem. But, hey, they got the dub tonight. They were able to put the best effort they possibly could, and they came out with a win. Killen with 12 points in that first quarter really set the tone for the rest of the game there after he started getting rolling. He had three trips to the foul stripe in that one, hit six, uh, hit five of six, I should say, and uh, ultimately seven of eight in that first half. Also had three field goals in the first quarter as well. So, yeah, he got things started, really set the, the tempo. And after that timeout that we mentioned, Aflauer sitting there barking orders at him. Like I said, one words with period, uh, with a strong period at the end, uh, just being like, hey, this is what you need to do. And they came out of that timeout. Killens really turned it on, got more aggressive, and really turned the tide of this one. 19 first quarter points for Muhlenberg. Again, a dozen of those coming from Shermar Killen. They took an 11-point advantage, ended up uh, a 10-point advantage going into halftime, but outscoring Easton 29-16 to in that third quarter. That was not Jeez. a typo. They nearly outscored their entire first-half output in just eight minutes. And, wow. look, when Muhlenberg can get down like that, they're, they're going to do it because you have Kayato who ended up with 11 points in that third quarter and really finally breath of fresh air for him. And, like I said, they're getting Kayato going in that third quarter. Good luck. Because it's not coming back. That lead that you once had early on, yeah, it, bye-bye. It's not coming back. Yeah, we talked about Killens. Kiato was able to do whatever they needed to in that second half. Like you said, he was he is that freight train for this team that once he gets going, he's not getting stopped. It's not happening. We've seen it. We saw it against, who was it, Hemfield. When he started getting going, he was going. I mean, it wasn't enough because he needed help. But once he gets going... He is able to push that team across or drag that team across the finish line. And he's one of those players that if you have someone like that, that will help the team morale, that will help the team output, and he will find the open person. We've seen him pass the ball left, right, up, down. Like He will see that person just like Killens will. Killen with 19 points, Kayato with 18. Uh, Archie also in double figures with 10 uh, Mikey Miller with eight, Kantner with six to match Jules Martinez, Marte with four, and then uh, that would be LeClaire and Hemmings both with two points, rounding out the Muhlenberg scoring. Again, next week they will be on the road at Lampeter Strasburg. They will also be at Wilson on Friday evening. Uh, we will have neither of those games, sadly, but... We will have a girls game next week. We will be on the road on Monday evening as the Muhlenberg girls will be taking on Burke's Catholic. And that should be a fun homecoming for us going back to uh, Burke's Catholic and, and probably calling on top of the, uh, <laughs> the stage there once again. So that'll mm -hmm. be fun to go back. And, uh, again, hopefully be able to grab somebody after the broadcast too. That was always one of the – Fun things about uh, calling there. You were able to snag people going into the locker room. Mm -hmm. Here we sit up in the box. We're not able to really grab players, uh, you know, or call down to somebody and try to get someone to come up. Uh, we'll work on that for uh, next year, trying to get that in place when we come back in January. But mm -hmm. at least for now, uh, happy to be back at BC. But we'll have that game on Monday evening, about a 7.15 start time for us, 7.30 tip-off for the girls. Mm -hmm. Anything else that you have going on here? I mean, not really. I mean, it was a great game. 
the Mules pulled out a dub, which is the best part about it. And we five. got to see a good high school basketball game. Win number five for the Mules. Five and two now in the early goings. And they'll look to continue that hot stretch going into next week with those two games that we mentioned just a few moments ago. So, again, we'll be on the air on Monday. Burks Catholic hosting the Muhlenberg girls. We'll be on the air around 7.15, uh, give or take. Depends how the JV game went, but uh, opening tip somewhere around 7.30 as well. Uh, we're more than happy to bring that to you. Thanks to our wonderful sponsors and, of course, Jerry as well for pulling all of this together. Without him, there would not be us. So uh, thank you to Chris and, uh, of course, thank you to the listeners listening at home because, again, same thing. Without you, uh, we can't do this. So we're thankful that uh, you tune in and listen to your mules uh, continue their hot start here with a 5-2 and two record and looking to continue next week. So we will do just that. Make sure that you tune in next Monday night uh, for that BC and Muhlenberg girls game. But other than that, that's all we got here. So for uh, Chris Seiner, I'm Ryan Lineweaver. Thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for Muhlenberg Boys Basketball on the Mule Sports Network. The game has been brought to you by MikeDragoSports.com, the best high school sports coverage in Berks County, the new Birdies Inn, Exeter's best place for entertainment, and Lancaster Full Service Painting. This has been a presentation of Jerry Gellif Media. Good night.